Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. <clears throat> On that same menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society. And that email contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today, we're continuing, by concluding our reading in Chapter 15, which is still called The Purpose of Time, with the final section, Section 11, The End of Sacrifice. And at the top of the hour, we will pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day, today's lesson being Lesson 177 with its uh, central theme of this review five, God is but love, and therefore so am I. And that will be led by Fran, as she, as she so often does. Okay. Well, um, before we get started, let me ask you, Lori, do you have a, a poetic opening you'd like to offer this morning? I do, Lemoyne, and I'm so grateful uh, because I was pointed straight to this today. It's from Paralyzed Amadon in his book, 40 Prayers, and it goes like this. Oh, gracious one. Your love comforts me, and your voice is tender in my heart. The light of your morning uplifts my soul, and the color of your evening brings peace. All my days you have accompanied me, and the kindness of your breath has given me life. When I was lonely, you reminded me, and when I was selfish, you made me see. How often have I forgot and lost my way following the signs of self-protection? Yet you have placed this shawl on my shoulders and warmed me with your constant love. O oh, light within light, closer than now, your wonder frees my heart and with every breath gives proof there is nothing that is not you. Now are we one with him who is our source. Amen. Thank, Thank you, you Lord. Lord. 
Yeah, thank you, Lori. Yes, thank you, Lori. All right. Uh, here's, uh, here's what I've got to who's with us and reading this morning. I have Lori Harrison, Fran, Robin Marie, Jessica, and Donna. And I have Trisha listening. Is there anyone else who's joined us who would like to say good morning or join the reading list? Good morning, everyone. Jude um, would love to read. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Judy. Uh, good morning, Lemoyne. Good morning, everyone. It's Lana. Um, and I can read as well. Well, good morning and welcome, Lana. Okay, I've got you two down. Anybody else? All right. I'll go ahead and get us started here. I started in uh, Chapter 15, The Purpose of Time, Section 11, The End of Sacrifice. I fear not to recognize the whole idea of sacrifice as solely of your making, and seek not safety by attempting to protect yourself from where it is not. Your brothers and your father have become very fearful to you, and you would bargain with them for a few special relationships in which you think you see some scraps of safety. Do do not try longer to keep apart your thought and the thought that has been given you. When they are brought together and perceive where they are, the choice between them is nothing more than a gentle awakening and as simple as opening your eyes to daylight when you have no more need of sleep. Lori. Chapter 15, The Purpose. I'm section 11, The End of Sacrifice. Fear not to recognize the whole idea of sacrifice is solely of your making and seek not safety by attempting to protect yourself from where it is not. Your brothers and your father have become very fearful to you and you would bargain with them for a few special relationships in which you think you see some scraps of safety. Do not try longer to keep apart your thoughts and the capital thought that has been given you. When they are brought together and perceived where they are, the choice between them is nothing more than a gentle awakening and as simple as opening your eyes to daylight when you have no more need of sleep. Paragraph 102. The sign of Christmas is a star, a light in darkness. See it not outside yourself, but shining in the heaven within, and accept it as the sign the time of Christ has come. He comes demanding nothing. 
No sacrifice of any kind of anyone is asked by him. In his presence, the whole idea of sacrifice loses all meaning, for he is host to God, and you need but invite him in who is there already. By recognizing that his host is one, and no thought alien to his oneness can abide with him there. Love must be total to give him welcome, for the presence of holiness creates the holiness which surrounds him. No fear can touch the host who cradles God in the time of Christ, for the host is as holy as the perfect innocence which he protects and whose power protects him. Thank you, Lori and Harrison. One oh two. The sign of Christmas is a star, a star of light and darkness. See it not outside yourselves, but shining in the heaven within, and accept it as the sign of time Christ has come. He comes demanding nothing, no sacrifice of any kind of anyone is asked by him. In his presence, the whole idea of sacrifice loses all meaning, for he is host to God. And you need but invite him in who is already, who is there already. I'm recognizing that his host is one. <clears throat> and no thought alien to his oneness can abide with him there. Love must be total to give him welcome for the presence of holiness creates the holiness which surrounds it. No fear can touch the host who cradles God in the time of Christ for the host is as holy as the perfect innocence which he protects and whose power protects him. One of three. This Christmas gives the Holy Spirit everything that would hurt you. Let yourself be healed completely that you may join with him in healing, and let us celebrate our release together by releasing everyone with us. Leave nothing behind, for release is total. And when you have accepted it with me, you will give it with me. All pain and sacrifice and littleness would disappear in our relationship 
which is as innocent as our relationship with our Father and as powerful. Pain will be brought to us and disappear in our presence. And with pain, without pain, there can be no sacrifice. And without sacrifice, their love must be. Well, thank you, Harrison and Fran. 103. This Christmas, give the Holy Spirit everything that would hurt you. Let yourself be healed completely that you may join with him in healing and let us celebrate our release together by releasing everyone with us. Leave nothing behind, for release is total. And when you have accepted it with me, you will give it with me. All pain and sacrifice and littleness will disappear in our relationship, which is as innocent as our relationship with our Father and as powerful. Pain will be brought to us and disappear in our presence. And without pain, there can be no sacrifice. And without sacrifice, their love must be. 104. You who believe that sacrifice is love must learn that sacrifice is separation from love. For sacrifice brings guilt as surely as love brings peace. Guilt is the condition of sacrifice, as peace is the condition for the awareness of your relationship with God. Through guilt, you exclude your father and your brothers from yourself. Through peace, you invite them back and realize that they are where your invitation bids them be. What you excluded from yourself seems fearful, for you endowed it with fear and tried to cast it out, though it was part of you. Who can perceive part of himself as loathsome and live within himself in peace? And who can try to resolve the perceived conflict of heaven and hell in him by casting heaven out and giving it the attributes of hell without experiencing himself as incomplete and lonely? Thank you, friend. And Robin Marie. One of four, you who believe that sacrifice is love must learn that sacrifice is separation from love, for sacrifice brings guilt as surely as love brings peace. Guilt is the condition of sacrifice, as peace is the condition for the awareness of your relationship with God. Through guilt, you exclude your father and your brothers from yourself. Through peace, you invite them back and realize that they are where your invitation bids them be. What you excluded from yourself seems fearful, for you endowed it with fear and tried to cast it out, though it was part of you. Who can perceive part of himself as loathsome and live within himself in peace? And who can try to resolve the perceived conflict of heaven 
and tell in him by casting heaven out and giving it the attributes of hell without experiencing himself as incomplete and lonely. 105. As long as you perceive the body as your reality, so long will you perceive yourself as lonely and deprived, and so long will you also perceive yourself as a victim of sacrifice, justified in sacrificing others. For who could thrust heaven and its creator aside without a sense of sacrifice and loss? And who can suffer sacrifice and loss without attempting to restore himself? Yet how could you accomplish this yourself when the basis of your attempts is the belief in the reality of the deprivation? For deprivation breeds attack, being the belief that attack is justified, and as long as you would retain, as long, and as long as you would retain the deprivation, attack becomes salvation, and sacrifice becomes love. Thank you, Robin Murray, and Jessica. Thanks, Lemoyne. One o five. As long as you perceive the body as your reality, so long will you perceive yourself as lonely and deprived. And so long will you also perceive yourself as a victim of sacrifice, justified in sacrificing others. For who could thrust heaven and its creator aside without a sense of sacrifice and loss? And who can suffer sacrifice and loss without attempting to restore himself? Yet how could you accomplish this yourselves when the basis of your attempts is the belief in the reality of the deprivation? For deprivation breeds attack, being the belief that attack is justified. And as long as you would retain the deprivation, attack becomes salvation and sacrifice becomes love. 106. So is it that in all your seeking for love, you seek for sacrifice and find it, yet you find not love. It is impossible to deny what love is and still recognize to deny what love is and still recognize it. The meaning of love lies in what you have cast outside yourself, and it has no meaning at all apart from you. It is what you preferred to keep that has no meaning, while all that you would keep away holds all the meaning of the universe and holds the universe together in its meaning. For unless the universe were joined in you, it would be apart from God, and to be without him is to be without meaning. Thank you, Jessica. And Donna. 106. So is it that in all your seeking for love, you seek for sacrifice and find it yet you find not love. It is impossible to deny 
what love is and still recognize it. The meaning of love lies in what you have cast outside yourself and it has no meaning at all apart from you. It is what you prefer to keep that has no meaning while all that you would keep away holds all the meaning of the universe and holds the universe together in its meaning. For unless the universe were joined in you, it would be apart from God, and to be without him is to be without meaning. 107. In the holy instant, the condition of love is met, for minds are joined without the body's interference. And where there is communication, there is peace. The Prince of Peace was born to reestablish the condition of love by teaching that communication remains unbroken even if the body is destroyed, provided that you see not the body as the necessary means of communication. And if you understand this lesson, you will realize that to sacrifice the body is to sacrifice nothing. And communication, which must be of the mind, cannot be sacrificed. Where then is sacrifice? Thank you, Donna and Judy. Thank you, Lemoyne. In the holy instant, the condition of love is met, for minds are joined without the body's interference, and where there is communication, there is peace. The Prince of Peace was born to reestablish the condition of love by teaching that communication remains unbroken, even if the body is destroyed provided that you see not the body as the necessary means of communication. And if you understand this lesson, you will realize that to sacrifice the body is to sacrifice nothing, and communication, which must be of the mind, cannot be sacrificed. Where then is sacrifice? The lesson I was born to teach and still would teach to all my brothers is that sacrifice is nowhere and love is everywhere. For communication embraces everything and in the peace it reestablishes. Love comes of itself. Let no despair darken the joy of Christmas for the time of Christ is meaningless apart from joy. Let us join in celebrating peace by demanding no sacrifice of anyone, for so you will offer me the love I offer you. What can be more joyous than to perceive we are deprived of nothing? Such is the message of the time of Christ which I give you, that you may give it. 
and return it to our Father, who gave it to me. For in the time of Christ, communication is restored, and he joins us in the celebration of his Son's creation. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, thank you, Judy. And Lana. Okay. Uh, 108. The lesson I was born to teach and still would teach to all my brothers is that sacrifice is nowhere and love is everywhere. For communication embraces everything and in the peace it reestablishes, love comes of itself. Let no despair darken the joy of Christmas. For the time of Christ is meaningless apart from joy. Let us join in celebrating peace by demanding no sacrifice of anyone. For so will you offer me the love I offer you. What can be more joyous than to perceive we are deprived of nothing? Such is the message of the time of Christ, which I give you, that you may give it and return it to the Father who gave it to me. For in the time of Christ, communication is restored, and he joins us in the celebration of his Son's creation. 109. God offers thanks to the Holy Host who would receive him and let him enter and abide where he would be. And by your welcome does he welcome you into himself. For what is contained in you who welcome him is returned to him. And we but celebrate his wholeness as we welcome him into ourselves. Those who receive the Father are one with him, being host to him who created them. And by allowing him to enter, the remembrance of the Father enters with him. And with him, they remember the only relationship they ever had and ever wanted to have. Thank you, Lana. And uh, is there a new reader uh, for 109 through 111? This is Sandra. I can read. One oh nine. Can you hear me? Yes, please go ahead. Sorry, I'm sneezing. <laughs> God bless you. God offers thanks to the Holy Host who would receive him and let him enter and abide where he would be. And by your welcome does he welcome you into himself. For what is contained in you who welcome him is returned to him. And we but celebrate his wholeness as we welcome him into ourselves. Those who receive the Father are one with him, 
being host to him who created them. And by allowing him to enter, the remembrance of the Father enters with him. And with him they remember the only relationship they ever had and ever want to have. This is the weekend in which a new year will be born from the time of Christ. I have perfect faith in you to do all that you would accomplish. Nothing will be lacking and you will make complete and not destroy. Say and understand this. I give you to the Holy Spirit as part of myself. I know that you will be released unless I want to use you to imprison myself. In the name of my freedom, I will your release because I recognize that we will be released together. Amen. Well, thank you, Sandra. And is there another new reader for 110 through 112? Excuse me. Another new reader for 110 through 112? Okay, um, back to you, Lori. No, I'll accept that humble privilege. This is the weekend in which a new year will be born from the time of Christ. I have perfect faith in you to do all that you would accomplish. Nothing will be lacking, and you will make complete and not destroy. Say and understand this. I give you to the Holy Spirit as part of myself. I know that you will be released unless I want to use you to imprison myself. In the name of my freedom, I will your release because I recognize that we will be released together. So will the year begin in joy and freedom? There is much to do and we have been long delayed. Accept the holy instant as this year is born and take your place so long left unfulfilled in the Great Awakening. Make this year different by making it all the same and let all your relationships be made holy for you. This is our will. Amen. Thank you, Lori. And uh, Harrison, would you read, say, from, oh, I don't know, somewhere in 110 through the end to conclude the reading? Sure. I'll read all of 110. This is the weekend which a new year will be born from the time of Christ. I have perfect faith in you to do all 
that you would accomplish. Nothing will be lacking, and you will make complete and not destroy. Say and understand this. I give you to the Holy Spirit as part of myself. I know that you will be released unless I want to use you to imprison myself. In the name of my freedom, I will your release because I recognize that we will be released together. So will the year begin in joy and freedom. There is much to do and we have been long delayed. Accept the holiness as this year is born and take your place so long left unfulfilled in the great awakening. Make this year different by making it all the same and let all your relationships be made holy for you. This is our will. Amen. 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 Yeah, thank you, Harrison. Yeah, and I, I'm really leery of trying to summarize it. Fear, of, not really fear, but understanding propensity to dis- disturb the wholeness of this message here about the end of sacrifice. Um, hmm. I think I will, there it is, I think I would just actually want to bring something else from somewhere else as an introduction to the, or, you know, to turn towards the lesson and then give it over to Fran. So I just want to read the uh, I'll read the last two paragraphs of the section What is the Body? It says there The body is the means by which God's Son returns to sanity 
though it was made to fence him into hell without escape, yet has the goal of heaven been exchanged for the pursuit of hell. The Son of God extends his hand to reach his brother and to help him walk along the road with him. Now is the body holy, for it see it serves, for now it serves to heal the mind that it was made to kill. You will identify with what you think will make you safe. Whatever it may be, you will believe that it is one with you. Your safety lies in truth and not in lies. Love is your safety. Fear does not exist. Identify with love and you are safe. Identify with love and you are home. Identify with love and find yourself. So, at this point, <laughs> turn it over to you, friend. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, yeah, thank you, thank you. Thank you. For that. Yeah, thanks, Lemoyne. Hi, everybody. We are still in the first part of the workbook, and we're on review five. And today we're on lesson 177, which is the review of lesson 163. There is no death. The Son of God is free. And review of 164. Now are we one with him who is our source. So I shall read some from the introduction, and then we will do our five-minute practice on the lesson. Okay. Let this review be then your gift to me. For this alone I need, that you will hear the words I speak and give them to the world. You are my voice, my eyes, my feet, my hands, through which I save the world. The self from which I call to you is but your own. To him we go together. Take your brother's hand. For this is not a way we walk alone. In him I walk with you and you with me. Our father wills his son be one with him. What lives but must not then be one with you. Let this review become a time in which we share a new experience for you. Yet one as old as time. And older still. Hallowed be your name. Your glory undefiled forever, and your wholeness now complete, as God established it. You are his son, completing his extension in your own. We practice, but an ancient truth we knew before illusion seemed to claim the world. And we remind the world that it is free of all illusions. Every time we say, God is but love, and therefore so am I. With this, we start each day of our review. So we'll go to the lessons now and do our five-minute practice. Lesson 177. God is but love, and therefore so am I. There is no death. The Son of God is free. 
God is but love, and therefore so am I. Now are we one with him who is our source. God is but love, and therefore so am I.
Lesson 177. God is but love, and therefore so am I. There is no death. The Son of God is free. God is but love, and therefore so am I. Now are we one with him who is our source. God is but love, and therefore so am I. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friend. Thank you, friend. Thank you, friend. Thank you, guys. Yes, thank you, friend. I doesn't shy away from their responsibilities for It doesn't fly away from making it clear that I'm responsible for everything. The ego would make it I'm seeing 
all of the things that uh, I think will hurt me or that uh, hurt others. and to be told that I'm responsible for everything I see. I'm responsible for all the feelings I have. And now he tells me that sacrifice is solely of my own making. He explains to me that sacrifice is separation from love because sacrifice brings guilt as surely as love brings peace. So, if I'm experiencing guilt, then it must be that I'm also experiencing sacrifice. Through guilt, I exclude my father and my brothers from myself. Through peace, I invite them back and realize that they are where my invitation bids them be. Guilt is of my own making. I want to ascribe it to God. But what I'm learning is that God is solely a God of love. He sees me as he created me. And therefore, guilt is impossible. And if guilt is impossible, sacrifice is impossible. Pain is impossible. And without sacrifice, without guilt, without pain, all that's left is rough. 
He says here, you who believe that sacrifice is love must learn that sacrifice is separation from love. For sacrifice brings fear as surely as love brings peace. Guilt is the condition of sacrifice, as peace is the condition for the awareness of your relationship with God. That's the answer. That's the answer to guilt. The answer to sacrifice. Is the answer to separation. That is the only answer I need. I'll close by just taking another look at. One eleven. I give you to the Holy Spirit as part of myself. Imagine saying that to someone that you believed has wronged you, who is saying things about you, others that you find distasteful and even disgraceful. I give you to the Holy Spirit as part of myself. I know that you will be released unless I want to use you to imprison myself. In the name of my freedom, I will your release. Because I recognize that we will be released together. That's how we do it. That's how we get back to ourselves as God created us. Thank you for letting me ramble on. I'm complete. I enjoyed every bit of that, Harrison. Thank you. Me too. Thank you so much, Harrison. Yes, thank you, Harrison. Thanks, Harrison.
Hi, this is Robin Marie. And I especially liked in paragraph 112, make this year different by making it all the same. And just um, just to accept love and give love and in every circumstance that comes up, it is the same, just like Harrison said, the same answer, just like we all say. And I thank you. Thank you. I love that too. Thank you. Thank you, Robert Marie. Thank you, Robin Good morning, guys. It's hard not to get excited. <laughs> oh, the joy, the joy of Christmas. Well, I get being Christmas every day. Um, the joy of the gifts that all is given to me. All in God's holy creation is mine um, and cannot be taken away from me. What is truly given is given to me forever that I am the Son of God, that I am the Kingdom of God. That's all within me, within the one mind that I share with my Father, as one being my source. There's nothing second to Him. He is the source of everything. Um, The text speaks of a lot to me. Um, You know, that there is... um, I'll just keep it simple because I, I'm not feeling much need for words today. Um, therefore, therefore, it's <laughs> I'm going past words into the meaning that come from its source. So, therefore, is popping out to me. There and for, where God is, there I am, and um, the extension of that that God is love, therefore so am I. And, um, you know, that there is no death, no death. And, you know, that I love that lesson about um, there is only one life in God and um, that there is no death. It's just a thought. It's just an idea. And it's irrelevant to the body. It says that. And that really... I contemplated and contemplated that and and um, truly came to understand um, that it says, um, you know, that a sense of lack comes from identification with the mind that thinks it's in the body. All its fear comes from there. All its defenses 
an attack come from there. It's the condition for guilt because it is the sacrifice of the whole mindedness of my completion in the one mindedness of God. I can't sacrifice. It's impossible because there is no gap in God. There is no place where God is not. There is no place that's not holy and no place where God himself is not given whatever its own completion. No part is different. Every part is the same as the wholeness of the same. And it's, I can't go anywhere where God is not. I can't go anywhere where I am not. Everything completes me. There is nothing that is not a part of me. There is nothing that is not holy. <laughs> Who unblessed the bread? <laughs> oh, um, I just love this. It really makes my heart sing. Um, seeking for love outside of myself, seeking for um, sacrifice and finding it. You know, it's like all these ideas that we have that are mistaken ideas, mistaken thoughts, mistaken beliefs that need to be undone and corrected because we got a really many, many, many little um, point of view, point of perspective. Um, there were deprived, inadequate, lacking, insufficient, inadequate. I'm, I don't know what perfect love is because I think I'm a little something, something else. Um, so it's really um, in, in recognizing that I'm spirit without a boundary, without a limit. There's no place where God stops and I start or where I start and, and God stops or I stop and anything starts or stops because I am one with everything. There's no place that I, that I touch that what I touch is, isn't me or taste or see, seeing. The seer is the seeing that is what is seen. It's all one thing. It's not a thing. It's a being. It's a isness. So this, um, and Laura, I thank you for your beautiful collections <laughs> and what you bring to the start of this call. And everyone for being here, Fran, for doing the lesson. And but one thing that um, you your opening reminded me of, Lori was um, I can't remember properly her name, Hild Hildebrand or Hildebrand, and she speaks. I read of um, her identifying her oneness with the one breath, one universal breath that the universal breath that's breathing everything, that it's one total experience, God experiencing everything within itself. And I can feel that. I can experience that. Ergo, here I go in my joy. <laughs> Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Hi, this is Ida. 
When I was a kid, I used to lie down on the grass in my parents' yard and look up at the sky and wonder about things such as, um, is there an end to the universe? And if there is an end to the universe, what happens if I go outside of the end of it? What, what happens to me, you know? I couldn't figure it out at the time. But eventually through my inward or inner experiences uh, and spiritual studies, I got the idea that the universe is as much in my mind as it is outside of me, which is why time and space aren't real and um, things like that. And uh, I agree with Judy. Um, uh, God is all there is, and God is love. So love is all there is. So that is all that we are. God is but love, and therefore so am I, right? So, hmm. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Or thank you, Ida. That was thank you, great. Ida. Thank you, Ida. Good morning, this is Sandra. And this prayer I say daily around everybody in my world just about, but specifically to my family and so-called friends. I give you to the Holy Spirit as part of myself. I know that you will be released unless I want to use you to imprison myself. In the name of my freedom, I will your release because I recognize that we will be released together. And this prayer for me is about innocence. It's about my innocence in buying into the programming of lies that we've been given to uh, by, <laughs> by people who are programmed with lies themselves. So that everybody's innocent. And we live in a free will zone. So it's my choice whether I want to believe those lies or not whether I want to let the outside world define who I am or whether I want to let the source within me define who I am, the life force within me, the innocence within me. And as I embrace that innocence, I'm free to open to the attributes of love which are forgiveness, kindness, patience, tolerance, acceptance, trust, faith. So as I let go of how I thought things were supposed to look and embrace what is and trust and rely on God, that God has a plan and here I am in the unknown once again knowing, knowing only one thing, 
that God has a plan. I'm complete. Amen to that. Thank you, Sandra. Oh, thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. I say that prayer every day to those same people and others. And I say it to situations. I say it to illnesses. I say it to a lot. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. But right now, and this makes me think of Patricia, the older Patricia, I don't think she would mind being called that, um, when I say that I'm enjoying just sitting here with you guys on my phone and being in my nice air-conditioned house, because believe me, here in Tucson, we need it. There's a heat advisory today, but and I hear some distant thunder, so maybe that will help. We could certainly use the rain. I'm just enjoying life. I'm enjoying life in the physical body. Uh, I know one day, most likely, I won't be in the physical body, not in this one. I won't be Ida anymore, you know. And so I'm enjoying it while I still can. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe another 30 years or whatever, but I know this from the first 50, 60 years. At that time, when you look back on it, it seems to have gone by very, very fast. Your children may seem, when they're trying at times, like they're, it's taking a long time for them to grow up. But when you look back, of course, they grew up in the snap of a finger, you know, and all that. So you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, thank you. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Hi, this is Jude again. I have um, used this pain body as a practice. And, um, you know, when I'm experiencing um, pain to the point where my mind is exhausted from trying to, to, to understand it or fix it or find a solution for it, um, I rest. I simply rest from the exhaustion into peace, a state of peace that makes me sink into my heart um, into a place of understanding. And um, I was taken by the words in the text that are prior to the prayer at the end of the text reading that says, say this and understand, understand that there is um, thinking, that we think we're the thinker of these thoughts. Um, and that I just wanted to relate to my understanding that thought, that death is just a thought that's irrelevant to the mind. And death are just thoughts we, um, that are not supremely happy. And that the peace that comes to my heart when I, my mind is exhausted and I rest and relax in peace, relax my mind and still still the waters of my mind into the tranquility of the peace and the stillness that 
I recognize that I am happy, that my happiness is not contingent upon, that I'm, I can be supremely happy in the knowledge that I am one with my Father. And that is um, beyond states. That's the constant, consistent awareness. Love is always present within me that I can tap into. It goes with me wherever I go. And I just need to be still if I'm troubled or think I'm, I'm being hurt or thinking I am hurting or afraid or worrying or lonely or separate, that all those ideas are sickness of the mind that have nothing to do with or are irrelevant to the body. So this is important to me this morning. Thank you, um, Lori and Lemoyne, for your daily devotion. And Fran, too, everyone, for being here with me on this journey uh, to coming home, being at home in heaven, which is a constant and consistent state, and wanting and willing to bring heaven to earth so that we can all experience it in the eternal presence of it here and now. Amen. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Thanks, Judy. Oh, thanks. Thanks for that. Thank you, Judy. Um, this is Lana. I had to leave the call for the for a while, so, um, but I really enjoyed your share, Judy, just now. Um, yeah, these thoughts uh, that we try to own as our own is, um, you know, it takes me back to the fact that um, <laughs> as a being, I have no mind to think with other than I am a thought in the mind of God. So that's the thinking mechanism, the only thinking me- mechanism that I have. And those thoughts are God's thoughts, and they are delivered to me. It doesn't, they don't require my participation, but you know when they show up because they always bring peace and clarity and certainty, you know, and and um, these other thoughts, uh, you know, it's, you know, once during a, a, a seminar years ago, I think it was the S training, and they asked us, if you are your thoughts, then who is the one listening to them? And it, it, it really, um, at that time in my spiritual journey, I was just at the beginning, and that was kind of a revelation to me, you know. It's, um, you know, they are just passing through my being. They're just passing through me like anything else passes through me. It shows up in my awareness, and it passes through. And, it, and unless I latch on to them and own them as my own and give them all sorts of crazy meanings, they really can't affect my peace. And and um, I like to I really like what you shared about pain too, because pain is exhausting um, more than anything else. And so rest is um, the perfect remedy. You know, it's that I rest in God lesson that's so um, welcome. I welcome that lesson, and and many times. Uh, when I am in pain, having physical pain, I, I read that lesson and contemplate it, and and it is um, it's it's so it's more captivating than the pain is, and it draws my attention from the pain back towards God, and that's all 
I'm ever asked to do for anything that seems unpleasant is to return my mind to God, to return my mind to mission control, (laughs) um, to my home. And there I'm renewed and refreshed and, um, and, you know, it's like taking a vacuum cleaner to my mind. It just scoops up all the troublesome thoughts and, and things that I've given meaning to and uh, dismantles them and, and diminishes them, both in um, degree and importance. You know, they become, okay, I'm just going to rest in God and, and watch this pass through. Uh, I can't fix something that in truth is not real, does not exist. It it just tires me so um, exhausts me to the point where I can't, you know, I, I can't function at all. You know, so um, it's this eternal journey, I find, um, you know, after this, you know, as you were saying, Ida, after this adventure um, in time and space, I just continue on with the next, you know, it's like... Um, my my time here in this body is um, like a pit stop in eternity, <laughs> um, and and nothing you know and nothing more. The only importance it has for me is the love I give, receive, and share. Um, and um, there was something else. Oh, I know what it was. It's uh, at some point along the way I notice there is a transition where. My, you know, where there, you know, like Wayne Dyer says, you know, where spirit having a human experience, and up until that point where we recognize that we are human, and occasionally we have spiritual experiences. Well, that flips, and and uh, our spiritual reality is given preference, is 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 like move forward. And we, ident- and we can identify with that, um, which is our natural self, our true self. And uh, just in doing that, I find it so helpful in um, diluting the significance I give to things that show up in this uh, human experience. I don't have to fight it. I don't have to do anything to it. Uh, I just you know, accept that as part of the of the adventure. Um, it's a human adventure, but who I am is the is the eternal spirit. And as long as I keep that in its right alignment, you know, I pretty much can stay in peace, knowing that um, you know, uh, thoughts come, thoughts go. That's what thoughts do. <laughs> I just need to stay centered in the truth of who I am. And and just that um, is so helpful and so healing um, that um, I really need to do nothing else. Uh, when I don't give importance and meaning to these uh crazy episodes and and situations that show up, um, they pass through and out of my awareness so much quicker than if I jump in and try to alter them or change them or fix them 
Um, <laughs> that is that truly is exhausting. Um, all I need is to rest in God, and God, you know, just does the rest for me. So anyway, thanks for listening. I, I'm complete. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. Gorgeous walk. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. Yes. Oh, thank you, Lana. That's really what I was going to say. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, thanks. I was going to say, we're, you know, at home in heaven <clears throat> with God as one now while at the same time, for instance, I'm thinking on my body, I'm thinking on my personality, I'm thinking on my brain, I'm thinking I'm a person with a name and an age and a location, <laughs> and that the things that I do or or have done to me or whatever are very, very important, have emotional reactions to them, and the thoughts that I don't think with God seem really important, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent. They're never indifferent to me somehow, very rarely. At the same time, I'm in heaven with all of you and God at home where, as it says in the Course, where God would have us be. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Yes, thank you, Ida. Thank you for your shares. Um, what Sandra and Lana shared have me going um, in a in a directionless direction, um, which I I call wisdom. That the open mindedness and open heartedness that welcomes and is open to everything that is happening. What is happening is God's will. And to quote think about unquote. It's all past knowledge based on past experience, based on past accumulation of, of worldly knowledge, things that we learned to think about. It's to have an opinion to me. And that's where I get into trouble. That's where I think I know something. That's where Judy has, has ideas that something is right or something's wrong here, and 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 maybe an agreement, or maybe an agreement if it agrees and makes, and I like it, or disagreeing with it because I don't like it, and here's where um, Judy becomes willful instead of willing to unconditionally accept and acknowledge that God's will is happening. It is what. It, capital it, capital is what's happening. God's will is what's happening. (laughs) 
and any opposition to it is that it's it's a judgment and is the cause of the loss of my peace because I've become at war, at war with it. That's the function ego has. It, it's, you know, it's, it's in conflict with what is. And um, so thinking about that simple phrase, to think about it, you know, um, you know, just to generalize that, because the Course is we're going to generalize these ideas and have a gen- generic idea. And I've been thinking about the generic idea of pain, the generic idea of death, referring to anything, including pain, that is not supremely happy. And, and fear, it's all fear. And wh- where is the source? Where do those things come from? And they all come generically from the ego thought system, the belief that the mind is in the body, and the conditioning, you know, that Sandra always so eloquently speaks of, um, the conditioning of the world's ego, the general beliefs of the world, that time and space are our fundamental, are fundamental to our, quote, reality, unquote, our perceptions, that what my body perceives is real, <coughs> what appears to be solid, what seems to be solid. But then when uh, Lana went into, to, um, and, and uh, Ida went into this time-space thing, I think my mind is never limited by time. I can think about the past. I can think about the future. You know, and I can think about where I am here right now. And that time is is just a, an idea, a, a concept. And the same thing with space. I can think I'm here and now, or I can think of myself being in a different place at a different time. So my mind isn't limited by time or space. It really is formless and everywhere and can be anywhere. And I can join with anything in it anywhere with love and be right there. But the the idea that I have I have this mind that's one in its wholeness and its completion with God. And that everything and all its knowledge is within me. And how do I open my mind and my heart to commune with that? The idea the communion, the communication of ideas with ideas. So without the interference of the of the the reference to my body, that my body's perceptions and past memories do not interfere with my present awareness, which is completely open minded, completely, completely open hearted welcoming and accepting in openness and love everything that I look and can see and that I can listen to and that I can hear because only those two functions seeing and hearing am I able to receive 
and, and sensorily speaking, all of my other body senses are, are seeing and, or listening in, 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 a, in a different definition. So seeing with vision is to receive everything and listening to everything is to hear everything. So it's in seeing and hearing that my being, my wholeness, my completion lies. And that's my function. As far as the Course has led me to understand, my function is to complete in my awareness my completion with God, that God is incomplete without me. And His will for my happiness is contingent upon my the awareness of the totality of my reality with a capital R. There's nothing that is not a part of me. There's absolutely nothing that is not a part of me, that is a part of God in our completion. Refuse not the awareness of my completion is my prayer today. I hope I wasn't too wordy, and I hope, I hope that I shared some loving understanding of what I really prayed and 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 hope to understand. Thank you. I am complete. Well, thank, thank you, Judy. Judy. Would you repeat thank that you. prayer? I pray not to refuse my completion today. It's another way of saying what the lesson is. God is but love, therefore so am I, or I am one with my source. It's just a variation on the theme that I am one with my source. There is only one. There's nothing beside it, nothing in between it. Um, I will not refuse my completion today. That everything completes me. (laughs) Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. So practically, I have to encourage myself all the time, every day, really, give myself courage as if I were a three-year-old with the fears and the nightmares and things like that of a three-year-old. And... But I was reparenting myself. When all that may be true on the relative level, right? Because um, I find in my 60s that, that I have been reliving uh, somehow feelings from childhood. And just for example, like, so the ego always speaks first. That's what the Course says. The ego always thinks of what's the worst possible thing that could happen in this situation? But the worst possible thing gets me into, like, you know, fantasy land, like, for instance, my kitty has bitten me before. But my kitty at one time did some damage, and he's gotten a lot better in the last few years and doesn't do that kind of damage anymore, thank God. But I'm going to the bathroom, and I'll leave the door open, the kitty's lying, sleeping, or resting nearby, and... My ego says, you know, 
my ego doesn't is not afraid that the kitty will walk somehow get upset for no good reason walk in there and bite my leg while I'm in on the toilet what the picture that runs through my mind is like a tiger jumping in there and mauling me to death which is you know impossible for my little kitty to do so that's why I say you know the fantasies of a three-year-old and I have to encourage myself and talk to myself all the time and say put that away and say no Ida your kitty is not even as highly unlikely that he's even going to get upset and walk in here and bite you a little bite never mind he's never never going to do anything like a big giant tiger in the forest you know that kind of thing uh so it's uh I put the course to good use. Of course, I'm sure that we all, earnest students, all put the course to good use. But in and everything I studied before that, <laughs> I put to good use as well. Um, inner child teachings of John Bradshaw and, and and things like that. But um, because the ego always speaks first and it always speaks from fear, it always wants you to defend yourself from what possible thing the person next door might tell you that would be somehow an offense to you so you have to say something that's going to defend yourself that's the worst possible thing perhaps that could happen in that situation that's where the ego is always going and it's just that in my um, in my growth and uh, maturity I've been led to hear what used to be unconscious in the back way back in my mind and I've been led to hear it now those kind of thoughts and, and feelings and fears and ideas as if they were just at the front of my mind and they were conscious and it's not easy necessarily but it's a good thing because that means I can deal with them I'm afraid to say once and for all I would like it to be that you know um, and let go of all the all the quote fears that um, seem to beleaguer me of that everything and everybody might attack me at any moment you know I mean I've slept with my door unlocked and even open open because I was more afraid that I'd fall down and nobody would be around to help me or pick me up than than if than of anybody breaking into my apartment right so it was one fear trumping the other <laughs> but I'm going to call today and hopefully get a free medical alert pendant from my Medicare and that should help me a lot with that but anyway that's neither here nor there um, thank you I'm complete thank you Ida thank you may I ask you something sure can you see that fear is always speculating about the future yes I stay out of speculation thank you sister <laughs> thank you Judy it's false evidence appearing real which is the same thing thank you well it's not even evidence because it hasn't happened yet that's why it's speculation that's why it's total imagination. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Good point. I'm complete. Thank you. 
Thanks, Chicago. out of its um, practice about staying out of the future with uh, a CAT scan coming up for a spot on my kidney and um, more x-rays and MRIs for my hips coming up this week and and it's you know everything is that's in the future can cause worry and concern and to really see that clearly um, it's is the way, the truth and the light to being present in the holy instant. And, you know, it, it, it's like um, where the rubber meets the road for me because it's, it, 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 it um, grounds me in my home ground, my home ground being heaven, peace. And that is where I get my strength, where I call upon God for my strength and the resources that I need in order to live through this body experience. Because, you know, being a nurse, my imagination is like, (laughs) I just, I'm like, don't think about it, quote, think about, unquote, it. You know, because anything that's temporal, changing in time and space in my body is not who I am. And staying with my full attending and my love and my um, trust in who I am. I am the Son of God. I am one with my source. That's where my resources are. That's where my strength comes from. That's where my confidence, that God has perfect confidence in me, has been, been, since I've been in all this pain and you know, getting older stuff, this, um, his trust in Christ, Christ says, trust in my confidence in you. Don't trust your confidence. Trust my confidence in you. And I'm like, that makes me feel good, just that. And, and in essence, it's saying I'm trusting myself because I am that one self. But when I'm afraid and when I'm worrying and I'm thinking about, quote, think about my body, I'm having a, a, uh, an experience of fear and, and my separation. I'm separating myself. So this is how intimate this is. No one can do this to me except me. And I am, thank you, um, Harrison, for this, I am responsible. I am responsible for what I think, how I think, and the experience I, w- I want to have. I want peace. I want to feel the love and strength of God within me. I want to know the perfect love within me is my strength, that I am one with my source. Or I can think about it. <laughs> I can think about God. Or I can know I'm one with God. <laughs> There's a big difference for me 
into me he sees, and I can see right back into him. <laughs> and it fills me full of joy. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. I'm proud of you because I think you share some things in common with me because at this point it's a rigorous quest because I have nothing to distract me most of the time. I um, A lot of times I'm too tired to get up and do housework and stuff like that. I don't have a partner anymore and I don't have a job or grandchildren to, to uh, attend to or people to go meet for lunch on your chair or go play cards with or whatever. I may do something about that. But but in any case, so um don't have anything to distract me from those thoughts. So I again it's like it's right there. It's time. I'm ready to deal with that. And so I am. And I because I can now, um God never, if God puts things in front of us and God never puts anything in front of us that we can't deal with at the time. It's always what we're ready for at the time. I'm not ready for now what I'll be ready for 100 years from now, whatever. And I think we're all like that, you know. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. Thanks, Ida. It's Harrison. You know the big I recognize my primary problem is thinking I'm a body. And as I've gotten older uh, the body uh, really becomes a central part of my dream. I forget a lot of times that it it is part of a dream and that it does not exist. It only exists in my imagination in my mind and I can change my mind. I don't have to imagine myself as a body. But the course recognizes that I need something to replace the idea of a body in my mind. And so he has me repeat often, God is but love, and therefore so am I. So when I think I'm experiencing back pain, that sends me to the physical therapist three times a week. When I feel that when I take my blood pressure and it's beyond normal range, 
I'm clearly focusing on myself as a body. I'm concerned about the state of the body. And that's where my mental focus is. But I can change. What the Course has taught me is that I can change that mental focus. If I focus on myself, not as a body, but as love, the same love that God, my Creator, is. God is but love. God is only love. And therefore, so am I. If I can replace the idea of a body and all of its associated maladies and concerns, if I can replace my brothers as bodies and see them as who they are as God created them and see myself as God created me as only love just love Forget about the back pain. Forget about the high blood pressure. Forget about the diabetes. Forget about the vocal cords. The high cholesterol. Those are all things that are, of course, associated with myself as a body. That's what I have to undo, is the belief that I'm a body. It's a belief. It's, it's strictly a mind thing. No doctor can fix that unless the doctor's name is God (laughs) or the Holy Spirit. I complete. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you, Harrison. Lovely. Thank you, Harrison. Uh, Y'all are so great. I can just keep drifting along. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, at some point, as uh, we try to end the recording before the next call starts. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like I was somehow guided to this thing that was already open and uh, I thought I needed to move off of, but contains, I think, what I would what I would bring right now. Um, <laughs> right. Figure out where to start. <clears throat> I think right here. Okay, this is from A Course of Love, where I think he talks about <clears throat> the integrative nature of universal love and returns to talk about the body. And he says, in the section Time and the Experience of Transformation, he says, that you are living form does not require you to be defined by particularity. You can accept the body now as what it is in all its manifestations, while not seeing it as, quote, bound by the particularity of time and space. It may still exist in a particular time and place, but this is simply the nature of one aspect of what you are. The nature of form is that it exists as matter, occupies space, and is perceptible to the senses. You have previously seen this one aspect of form as separating it from mind, heart, and spirit, those aspects that are not perceptible to the senses. But let me repeat that all that lives is from the same largest source, and there is nothing more alive than mind and heart combined in the spirit of wholeheartedness. Matter is simply another word for content and need not be maligned. The content of all living things is the energy of the spirit of wholeheartedness. The content of all living things is, in other words, whole. By seeing only aspects of wholeness, you have not seen content nor matter truly. You have not been aware of all that you are. You are thus now called to discover and become aware of all that you are. The body will aid you now in this discovery. Realize that this is a call to love all of yourself. You who once could love spirit or mind, mind or body, because of the dualistic nature associated with them, now can love all of yourself, all of God, all of creation. You can respond to love with love. But again, we start with the body 
returning love to it now. It is what it is, and nothing that it is is deserving of anything other than love. This call to love all of yourself is a call to unconditional, non-judgmental love. It is not just a call to to non-judgmentalness, but a call to non-judgmental love. This non-judgmental love is the condition upon which your discovery of all you do not yet know awaits. Discovery is not the same as remembrance. Remembrance was necessary for your return to your true identity, the self as it was created. Memory has returned you to yourself. Discovery will allow the new you to come into being by revealing what you do not yet know about how to live as the elevated self of form. This discovery can only take place in the reality of love. Being in love is a definition of what you are, what you now are. Being in love is a definition of what you now are as you accept the unconditional, non-judgmental love of all. This is a transference of love from the particular to the universal. Loving all that you are, including your body, is not love of the particular, but universal love. The old way in which you related to your body, be it a love or a hate relationship, I want to add, or a love-hate relationship, <laughs> was a particular relationship with the vessel that only seemed to contain you. It was a relationship with the separated self. Now, because your relationship is with wholeness, you can transfer love from the particular to the universal by loving all. We are one body, one Christ. That's so lovely. Thank you. You are welcome, Lana. (laughs) the beginning of that. Gave me goosebumps. Thank you, Lemoyne. Yes, me too. You know, I think of Jesus, um, you know, when he walked on the earth a couple thousand years ago and, and how he was able to... Um, embrace both his humanity and his spiritual truth and demonstrate that um, 
bottom line is love is is all encompassing. Um, no, there's nothing real or imagined that's unworthy of the love of God. Um, and um, I was in my meditative writing the other day. Uh, Jesus was showing me that um, everything that happens uh, or seems to show up in life is part of the divine plan. You know, it's it's like we come upon a book, uh, maybe a course of miracles or a course of love or of the Bible, and and we say it touched me, it resonated deeply within me. I was drawn to it, or perhaps we see a video of a teacher or um, attend a lecture by a, or a seminar by a teacher. Or perhaps we get to a point where uh, we want a personal teacher, a private teacher. Um, all these <clears throat> um, point to, although all these point outside of ourselves, point away from ourselves, they are no less part of the divine plan that God uses to draw us in. There's not one experience that I've ever had where uh, at least all the ones that resonated with me, that I felt within me. Um, It wasn't a thinking or an intellectual pursuit. It was an inner knowing. And and certainly... uh, the discovery that I've been looking outside of myself is not cause for judgment because we've been conditioned since birth to look outside of ourselves for everything. But um, all of it was guided, I felt guided by the hand of God to bring me to the point where I was ready to look within and establish that personal and intimate relationship with God um, and with my elevated self of form, with my Christ consciousness, all of those things uh, that um, showed up in my life were part of the the plan I was destined to live and part of the script, God's script for me and his promise that I would find my way back to him. And um, it can show up in... You know, Jesus says in the Course in Miracles that Holy Spirit, our Holy Spirit, our right-mindedness, our elevated self, our Christ consciousness can take anything of this world and repurpose it um, on behalf of the atonement, on behalf of our awakening to our truth. So I can't judge anything. Um, and instead, I, what I can do is welcome it with love, embrace it with love, no matter what it looks like. And I can just give it to Holy Spirit and say, use this. Use this to awaken me. Use this to glorify God. Use this to bring me peace and peace to my brothers. And use this to guide me back to you. And so everything is a blessing or a lesson that will bring a blessing. So it's it's like meeting everything where we are as it is 
and welcoming it with love. Because, you know, I, I've felt all along that love is the one remedy for healing anything that appears unlike itself. Anything that appears unloving, I, you know, we bring to love and love transforms it into love. There's an alchemy and a power of love that's beyond our understanding, beyond our comprehension. You know, it's, it's like the discovery of fire again. <laughs> you know, it totally transforms our world, at least it does with my world. And when I can hold it in that context, that there's nothing in, that shows up in my life that hasn't been divinely planned for my awakening. I can be in peace and I can welcome the unknown and I can live in a state of not knowing because I know whatever shows up is intended for my awakening and for the you know awakening of the whole sonship so anyhow um your reading just then the morning just made me think about that and i wanted to share it so thank you thank you Diana. thank you very much and uh, I'll choose that. To, there's a proper end for the recording. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Thanks, y'all, That's for beautiful. being here. Thank you, and, everyone. And uh, we'll, we'll continue, even though I pressed this button.